Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Stand on their feet that entered into the sanctuary, and let's just bless God for the word. Thank you for your word. We, we're word-loving people. We came for the word of God. If you came for the word of God, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, God bless you. Welcome to another Wednesday night teaching from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church here in Zion. Call someone, let them know there's a word from God, and you know it's going to be good. All right, open your Bible or your electronic device. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 25. There is a word from the Lord for you tonight. I am always excited about. Proverbs 25 and verse 19. Proverbs 25 and verse 19. We're continuing our talk, our teaching on managing your troubles. It's going to be so good. You need this word tonight. All right, ready? Proverbs 25, 19 reads, Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight enter into eternal things, spiritual things. Allow us to be stewards over the mysteries of your kingdom. Speak a word in season to those that are weary. Anoint the teacher, the preacher, the prophet to do and say what thus saith the Lord. Anoint the ears of your people to hear and their hearts to receive so you can get the precious fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you. You may be seated with your pen and pencil. Managing your trouble. This is part three, I believe. Proverbs 25, 19. This scripture right here by itself could just be a lesson. We could talk for two or three hours. It reads, confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Putting trust in an unfaithful man. Of course, it could be a woman. An unfaithful person is a treacherous person here, a deceitful person. The last thing you want to do is put your trust in someone that's unfaithful when you're going through. The proverbial writer says, it's like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. A broken tooth. Now, most grown folks have had a broken tooth. You've had a toothache. A toothache can wear you down. Some can be so severe that it shuts you down. You need emergency oral surgery because your tooth is hurting you so bad you cannot even function. Likewise, with a foot. A foot that is out of joint cannot be walked on. So, so he's talking about the tooth and the foot, and he's comparing the two 
letting you know or reminding you or revealing to some that when you put your trust in an unfaithful man, it can shut you down. Just like a toothache can shut you down. Just like a foot ache or a broken foot, you cannot go any further. You cannot advance. Mm. But now, really, he's saying a lot more than that. So let's get right to it. Surrounding yourself with unfaithful people is causing you more trouble than you realize. Because being around unfaithful people in a time of trouble can shut your entire life down. Your purpose and your destiny can be thwarted because you're surrounding yourself with people that are unfaithful or people that lack faith in God. Because oftentimes, and we know that for reading about Job, even in Jesus' life, as believers, some of the people that can begin to lose confidence in your ability to believe God are the people in your inner circle. Now, this is not a fun word. The times are too serious to have unfaithful people in your life. There's too much trouble already to have unfaithful people speaking into your life. So, so, so you need to, we need to stop. Take inventory before 2023. Stop, take inventory and really evaluate the people in your life. Who's speaking, really speaking faith into your life? Who's really speaking faith into those situations in your life? Who's really building or trying to build you up so you can be strong enough to handle the trouble? It's very important. Confidence in an unfaithful man, in an unfaithful person, in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. It will shut you down. How do we manage trouble? Keep faithful people in your life. People full of faith in God. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 1 through 3. We're, we're building our case. It's going to get progressive. Isaiah 30, 1 through 3. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord that, follow carefully, that take counsel, but not of me. And that cover with covering, but not of my spirit. That they may add sin to sin. Verse 2. That walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh 
and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Verse 3. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. And the trust in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. Now, what is all that about? Lots being said in those three verses. If you're a Bible reader and a, a studier of biblical history, you already understand and already know that Israel had a history of whatever something went wrong, they ran to Egypt. If, a, if, a, if an army came up larger than them, they would always ask Egypt for help. If there was a famine, they would always go to Egypt. And so God is saying, you didn't even talk to me about this. You didn't even pray. You didn't ask me what you should do. You just jumped in autopilot out of fear, rebelled against me, and went to Egypt. That's what he said. He says, you take counsel. But not for me. How are we going to be born again, spirit filled, children of God? And when trouble comes, we don't even go talk to God about it. You talk to your cousin. <laughs> you talk to everybody but God. You in trouble. You won't even go to church. Uh oh. Okay. You going through and you ain't you ain't came to church yet. It's getting worse, and you ain't came to church yet. You run into the saints at the grocery store saying you coming, but you ain't came yet. You run into Egypt. You're not handling trouble very well. If you won't go ask your God what you should do in the time of trouble. He says, and the covering you, that you're looking for is not from my spirit. You're getting a covering, but it ain't God. You walk and go down to Egypt and you have not asked at my mouth to strengthen yourself of Pharaoh. You, Pharaoh, <laughs> Pharaoh is giving you advice. <laughs> you're getting your wisdom from Pharaoh. You're in trouble and you're going to Pharaoh to get you out. Verse three, therefore, your strength or therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. The very person you're looking for to get strength from is going to be the very one causing you shame. You're already in trouble. Now shame is coming. You ain't handling this real good. You're already going through. Now shame is coming. Like I said, Israel had a habit of running to Egypt for help. So it only stands to reason as we hear this verse, as we hear the word of the Lord, as we ask for revelation, that we stop again and say, hmm, when I'm in trouble, who do I have a habit of running to? Is it God? It's, it's, I mean, it's easy, really. You really can easily determine these things. You just stop and look at the last two or three times you were in trouble. Who did you run to? It will let you know how well 
you handle trouble. Because if you never, if you never go to God, I guarantee you it didn't work out right. I guarantee you you were in that longer than you were supposed to be. I guarantee you some things happened to you that God didn't intend to happen to you. I guarantee if you didn't go to God when times of trouble came, there was some shame connected to your decisions. And if we want to be honest, the older we get, the less time we have to recover. Some of us are just too old to be going through again and again and, and again and again. Let me put it in street terms. Egypt for Israel during that time became like their spiritual wick card. How many of you all know what a wick card is? You can raise your hand. It's a wick card. Wick, wick, wick. Well, let me tell you what. I, I, I forgot what it had meant. I forgot. Because I'm, I'm old school. I remember I, I'm back... <laughs> I was home with my brother for, for, for Thanksgiving in Decatur, and we were talking about ADC, Aid for Dependent Children. See, that's, a, that's back in the day. Y'all too young. Y'all don't know nothing about no ADC. I remember ADC, Aid for Dependent Children. Well, I think this, you know, it's progressed. And now WIC is one of those it's special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children. Now, if you had to be on WIC, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not putting you down. But I'm telling you that in, when trouble comes, if you don't know how to handle it, things will get worse for you rather than better. And it, it shouldn't be that way if you're a child of God. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never, never, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging bread. Never. So, because they didn't ask God, and they went right to Egypt and went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's protection became their shame. You know, another way I could, we could say this, and, and, and again, we won't step on your toes and, and smash them, you know, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's just like that. I ain't really want to even say it, but I feel like I need to say it. It's, it's like that. It's like, it's like, hmm, yeah. It's like that young lady got that sugar daddy. You, you know he ain't halfway no good, but he taking care of a few things for you. Same difference. You're not managing your trouble very well. You're not managing your trouble very well. Again, that's why we have this sign out. Been out in front of this church over 20 years. Don't have children out of wedlock. It leads to poverty. All of a sudden now, you got more trouble than you know what to deal, do and deal with. And if you don't have enough help and wisdom, you're going to make another mistake that'll create more challenges and trouble. And before you know it, you're 30 years old. You got more trouble than you expected. All because of one bad decision led to multiple bad decisions. It's just the truth. We don't, we're not running down people that have babies out of wedlock. We're trying to help you make better decisions. 
Don't get all emotional. Again, that is not the way to handle trouble. When you're in trouble, don't get emotional. Listen, 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 listen. I feel like I need to get through to somebody here for this quick moment. If you've ever needed a fireman and they came to your rescue, if you notice, they didn't come with a bunch of emotion. They had to stay focused in order to help you. The last thing you need is someone trying to help you that's overly emotional. Usually they say stuff like, ma'am, calm down. Ma'am, listen to me. Why? Because you over emotional. And you're about to make some bad decisions and the help is there to help you, but you're not handling it properly. So we got to calm down. I just feel like telling somebody, oh, God, calm down. I don't know who I'm talking to. Calm down. There may be help right there for you, but you can't recognize it because you are hysterical. I think sometimes, particularly as mature believers, we're in this holiday season, some of us need to stop, again, stop, and take a look at who's never failed us. Think about who's never failed. See, because we're so emotional and there's so much hatred and anger and violence and we're in the end times that most people think about who's failed them. But I'm asking you to stop And think about who's never failed you, who's always rescued you, who's always protected you, who's always given you the right answer when you needed it right on time. I want you to stop and think about he that has never failed you. And when you come to that conclusion, it can't be anybody else but God. It can't be anybody else but God has never failed you and always rescued you. Who solved every one of your problems. My God in heaven. See, when you and I stop, hallelujah, and we take times, take time out to reflect on God's goodness, what eventually begins to happen is we discover who we really need to listen to. We don't listen to the faith, unfaithful man. We don't listen to Pharaoh. We don't go down to Egypt. We don't go back to the bar. We don't go back and do what we used to do. We know who deserves our worship. We know who deserves our praise. Oh. We know who deserves our praise. So we gladly come to church. That's why you need to come back to church because you're letting God know, I know how to handle my trouble and I handle it with you on my side. Because every time you've been there, you brought me out of my trouble. You don't stay away from church when you know how to handle trouble. You don't stay away from church even when trouble stops, because you know it ain't going to be long before some more trouble come. 
So I'm going to make sure I'm ready. I'm going to make sure I'm ready. Because just like he brought me out last time, he's going to bring me out again. Let's finish this and go home. Job 14, verse number one. Job 14, one. The Bible reads, a man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of what? Trouble. Trouble, trouble. Anybody born of a woman is a few days, but it's full of trouble. Who feel like they had more than enough, more than their share of trouble? Some hands went up before I even finished the sentence. I done had enough trouble. I had more than my share. If I don't have no more trouble, but we know that's not reality, don't we? We know that's not reality. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Well, I got a question for you. Are there men not born of a woman? Are there men not born of a woman? See, see, the word man is a general term. You, you, you know that. It's a general term. Male or female, man, mankind. <laughs> man simply means the kind of man, mankind. There are more than one kind of man. There are kinds of men born of a woman. And there are kinds of men not born of a woman. Let's go there. Genesis 3, 14, 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, say the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all beasts of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15. I will put enmity, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between, here it is, thy seed. So the servant has seed. That word seed there means offspring. The serpent has offspring and her, the woman has offspring. So they're speaking of two different types of offspring. Offspring of the serpent and offspring of the woman. Two different kinds of seed. I pray that your discernment becomes super sharp in these last days. I pray that your ability to see in the realm of the spirit becomes so keen that you can get on the train and see the serpent seed sitting right across from you. So you think everybody you meet is a man. You think everybody you run into is a woman. You work around people. That, see, this, this, is, this is when you don't have questions like, how could they do that? Ah, it's not a man. Not that kind. It's a different kind. 
I think uh, I was watching the news just before, just before, just before uh, coming to church tonight, and I don't want to get it all wrong, but I think out in Buffalo Grove, there was five people were murdered or something. Again. The serpent has offspring, and Eve has offspring. So then, in light of our conversation, our teaching, how to handle trouble, I think it would behoove us to know that sometimes, sometimes more than a few times, when trouble comes, it's probably this serpent seed causing you this trouble. <laughs> Some of your trouble, saints, child of God, is not natural trouble. Some of the things we're going through aren't normal. You got to discern. You got to hear what the man of God is saying tonight. You got to. <sighs> you need to know that the serpent has offspring that brings a different type of trouble than human beings bring into your life. You may not be going, th what you're going through may look common, but it may not be common. You got to discern who's behind your trouble. Because the serpent's seed need to be handled differently than Eve's seed. I don't know why, uh, kind of do, but it, it, it's, it's amazing to me as I watch time go by and how the world changes, society changes, culture changes, and how it impacts the church and how all of a sudden now, I'm going to say something, ooh, I'm going to say it. All of a sudden now, ain't no such thing as demons. You need a good Christian counselor that's got three degrees in sociology, psychology, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing to me now that you, you, don't, you don't, we don't cast out devils, you get them counseled out. We want to deal with every problem the same. I'm going to show you in this little bitty lesson, before the next 15 minutes are over with, your mind going to be blown. Because it's right here. So, we've got serpents, seed, Eve's seed, at odds with each other. There never will be a time when the serpent seed will help you. They will always oppose us. If you don't discern that, you've got an unfaithful serpent seed counseling you, leading you into more trouble. So, 
Matthew 13. You got the tares and the wheat. The wheat and the tares. They're different. They're not the same type of plant. The tear looks like wheat. The serpent seed looks like mankind. It's just the outer shell. Internally, they are nothing like us. So, in Matthew 17, read the whole chapter. It tells of Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up to Mount Hermon. And that's a whole other teaching. It's not Mount Tabor. It's Mount Hermon. There's a reason. It's not Mount Tabor. And I may come back and teach on that another time. So it's called the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured. And, and, and he's, 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 you know, old preachers say his insides turned out. They saw his glory while they're up there. Peter, James, and John with Jesus. The rest of the disciples are down at the foot of Mount Hermon. And a man comes with his son. His son is full of demons. He says he throws him in the water, throws him in the fire. Can you cast him out? The disciples that are down uh, try to cast the devil out. They can't cast the devil out of the, out of the boy. And so Jesus comes down, sees the commotion. He asks what's going on. The man says, yeah, I brought my son to your disciples. He cast the devil out, and they couldn't cast the devil out. And then verse 17, Jesus says, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured that very hour. One, two, three, boom, he's gone. All right, let's do it. What's next? Let's go to Walmart. I mean, I mean look at it. The, 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 boom, one, two, three, boom, he's gone. The devil's gone that very moment, that very hour. Big deal. Jesus gets rid, he gets rid of the father and the son's problem on the spot. That's who you want on your side. You want somebody that can get rid of your problem real quick. I'm prophesying to somebody. I'm speaking faith. Your problem will be over with tonight. Somebody's going to wake up and some problems you had tonight and the day before, they will not be in your life tomorrow morning. When you put your faith in Jesus, before the, after we pray, you will not have that problem tomorrow morning. Jesus handled their problem by removing the devil, the demon, from that man's life. <laughs> Again, we're trusting men to remove things only God can remove. Said it again. Some of us have been trusting and looking for men to remove what only God's power can remove. 
I don't know if you know. I really don't, but I'm going to ask you, or at least bring it to your attention, in the form of a question. I don't know how many of you know that there are Pentecostal, charismatic believers. Now, when I say that there's people that believe in the power of God, the gifts, the healings, miracle signs, wonders, casting out devils, that's what a Pentecostal, charismatic believer is, by definition. I don't know if you know that there are people that go to Pentecostal churches You don't believe in demons. You don't believe in devils. You don't believe in the supernatural. You don't believe in the power of God. You don't believe in healing, divine. You don't believe in it. You like the singing. You like it because it's lively, but you don't believe none of this stuff. That's why you got so many doggone problems. You sit up in church under an anointed word and won't believe it and go home and call a doctor. When the Bible says, if anybody's sick, call for who? The elders of the church. That's when you believe there's an anointing in the house, people that fast and pray and believe God. But you're either going to call some faithless man got a bunch of degrees on the wall and I'm not against education I'm not saying that but you got too many problems to be waiting on somebody to try to figure out what's wrong with you so in verse 19 Matthew chapter 17 it continues the story then came the disciples to Jesus apart. That means he, they waited till everybody else was gone. They said, why couldn't we cast him out? We, got, we, we, know, that she, we know that problem shouldn't have been in his life. Verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? However, this kind, somebody say this kind, this kind, this not a normal kind of person, this kind, this is of the seed of the serpent, this offspring, this this ain't no regular person, this kind goeth out but by prayer and fasting. Why do you think we in this church have fasted and prayed regularly since its inception? Because we know you're going to run into some trouble that ain't human, that ain't normal, and you're going to need to be able to fast and pray to get past this. But you can't fast. Now let me fuss because I feel like fussing for me. But you can't, you can't fast. I just don't, I don't know. I can't just, I got to have a fry, at least one French fry. I just, you don't understand my refrigerator. I just can't walk past them animal crackers. Well, you're going to run into some kind that's going to cause you some trouble. You're going to run into some spirits, some demons that's going to cause you some trouble. 
And if you don't fast and pray, they ain't going to leave you alone. They don't care how long you cry and how upset you get and how much money you spend on the problem. Them, them demons going to wear your butt out. So we're teaching you how to handle some trouble. Stop letting people, they don't take all that. They don't take all that. Well, it look like it do to me. I know you some of y'all lives. Just look straight ahead. I ain't talking about you. Jesus, if Jesus said this kind only comes out by fasting and praying, who are you to tell me something different? Oh, you want to run down to Egypt. You want to listen to Pharaoh. So that's why shame is creeping up on you because you won't listen to Jesus. You won't listen to God's word at his mouth. Jesus said this kind, this kind, this is a different kind. You did, we're dealing with different kinds of demons and spirits and beings and creatures today. Sent your father Chevrolet. Children go to school. They deal with stuff way different than what we did. So in, in closing, I told you in 15 minutes I'll blow your mind. Jesus says, listen, there are some things believers can't handle unless you fast and pray first. There are some things we're not going to be able to handle without fasting and prayer first. That demon in that boy, the father said, sometimes it throws him in the fire. But then other times it throw him in the water. From one extreme to the next. I'm preaching to myself. One doctor say, take this. The Another doctor say, take something else. You're going from one extreme to the next. Ain't nothing working. And your body getting all jacked up. I'm going to testify. I'm going to quit. So I was getting, I had one cardiologist and he, I didn't like. Another guy, I like him, he's factual. Because if I'm gonna follow the science, then you better be scientifically correct. So things are going good. So then I started having some side effects and some challenges. So then he prescribed something. I went and picked up. He said, you take? I said, man, I read. I, didn't, I ain't taking that. Then he said this to me. He said, oh, don't believe that. Fat mess me. You, you can't tell somebody like me that. Because you a scientist. If I don't believe that, I can't believe you then. Because ain't no different. Because y'all don't want to put that stuff on the label. So now you didn't mess me up because I don't believe you now. No, I'm just, this is logic, y'all. I'm talking pure logic. 
If medical science says these are the side effects, you all got together, peer-reviewed uh, studies, on and on and on, and you determine uh, sample size or whatever, that this will happen if so many people take, okay, this is supposed to be scientific. And you tell me to take it, and it's going to improve this and that and the third. It's supposed to be scientific. But then you tell me don't believe this. Well, I can't believe none of it then. So now I'm just relegated. I just got to believe God because I can't believe y'all. In order for me to handle this, I got to handle it with God. This father brought his son who was possessed by demons that was trying to destroy him. And the demons didn't discriminate. We'll kill you with water. Oh, we'll kill you with fire. Now, you got to please. He's in the Middle East. No matter where you go, it's going to be some fire or some water. So I can't take this boy nowhere. That's the problem. That keeps you up at night. Because my son could be under attack at any moment and be killed and destroyed at any moment. But Jesus walks up and casts the devil out. Now, on the way home, the father ain't got to worry about no water. I'm thirsty. Go get you some water, boy. If they're <laughs> several days journey, it gets cold, cold, cold in the desert. We can light a fire and stay warm. Before we just had to huddle together and stay cold because can't light no fire because it could kill you. Can you imagine the trouble that lifted off of their lives once the demon was cast out? I'm trying to help somebody understand that God wants to supernaturally intervene in your life so that you can have some peace tonight, so you can sleep well tonight, so you can wake up in the morning knowing all things are well. Why? Because God is handling my problem and the devil cannot do to me what he wants to do and has been doing for weeks, months, and in some cases, even years. You see, everyone stand, please. We have the responsibility to handle our problems so God gets the glory. I'm going to say it again. We have the responsibility. You got to handle your problem for the glory of God. We, we, we just can't let problems pile up Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands in this place. God is moving by his spirit. Jesus said to the 70 that he sent out when they came back and said, we are, I'm paraphrasing, we are so happy. Even demons are subject to us when we use your name. Other types of beings are subject to us. The seed of the serpent has no power over us because you gave us your name. 
because you anointed us. You authorized us to use the name. Come on, somebody. You ain't been using the name like you should be using the name. You ain't been using the anointing like you should be using the anointing. You need to fast and pray to let the anointing and the name have more power when it comes out of your mouth. And Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven. He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy every enemy every kind of demon devil being spirit on this planet you have we have power over them and Jesus says and nothing shall by any means harm you you don't have to be afraid of water fire dirt plants animals roaches rats you don't have to be afraid of anything You've been authorized. That means you've been given authority. The word power means authority. It's not about your ability. It's not about how often you lift weights. You have authority. We have authority to manage the problems that come into our lives for the glory of God. Father, I thank you for this people. I thank you for a fresh anointing that comes with a fresh understanding. I thank you for the ability to speak to mountains and they move problems that have been in your life for a long time. They must be removed and be cast into the sea. I speak it over your life in the name of Jesus. You will not carry problem after problem. You won't carry your mama's problems, your daddy's problems, your sisters and brothers' problems. You won't carry the school's problems. You won't carry your job's problems. You won't carry the community's problems. You won't carry the church's problems. You won't carry all these problems on your shoulders day after day after day week after week after week I release you in the name of Jesus to use the authority that God has given you to release yourself of all these problems and manage your life for the glory of God I speak peace shalom the shalom of God Nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in place, everything you need to proceed. I rebuke faithless people's advice. God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, my Father in heaven. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this revelation. Thank you for this impartation. We will walk in this for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Yes, even you at home. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.